it could be a long season for Oklahoma State basketball. Welcome into the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I am Matt Jordan. Before we start talking hoops, let's get into some news from around Oklahoma State athletics. Cowboy football gets a, another transfer as Arkansas running back A.J. Green will transfer to Oklahoma State. Green was among the top recruits in the state when he came out of Union in the 2021 class. He played in 12 games as a true freshman at Arkansas and had 37 over his three-year career with the Raiders, Razorbacks. He steps into an interesting but important role with Oklahoma State, which returns Doak Walker award-winning running back Ollie Gordon. Gordon got nearly every carry once he became the featured back in the fourth game of the Cowboys' 10-4 season. The Cowboys lost two of his backups, Elijah Collins to graduation and Jaden Nixon to the transfer portal. That left the Cowboys with only freshmen behind Gordon, redshirt freshman Ceci Valahali, who appeared in three games this past season, and recent signees Rodney Fields Jr. and Jaden Allen Hendricks. So the Pokes scoured the transfer portal for an experienced backup, but it wasn't an easy sell because of Gordon's heavy volume of carries. Any offer of playing time was minimal, yet Green, who has 201 career carries for a Southeastern Conference team, was willing to fill the role. Green rushed for 951 yards and six touchdowns in his three Arkansas seasons, averaging 4.7 yards per carry. And in 2023, he led Arkansas running backs in rushing yardage with 312 yards on 60 carry, 67 carries with second on the team, only behind quarterback K.J. Jefferson. The coming season will be Green's final year of eligibility, barring a need to redshirt. He is expected to enroll and be in classes at OSU next week so he can take part in spring practices. So an interesting signing for the Cowboys as they land a running back star coming out of high school at Union. So uh, it's an interesting get. But Green is a guy that's shared carries. I mean, Rocket Sanders was at Arkansas. Maybe he's content being being one of many guys, and it'll probably be a two-headed monster with the Cowboys next season. And it will be nice because uh, Green is talented, more talented than, in my opinion, both Dixon, or sorry, Jaden Nixon and Elijah Collins. So maybe it, uh, it helps Ollie out a little bit. I, I'm fine with it as long as, you know, Ollie Gordon continues to be the main focus of the Oklahoma State offense. So Oklahoma State football's offense has gotten a lot of really good news the last couple of weeks. The The new year has been offensive line. They've now added running back depth, which is important to have. And then, of course, you've got a great receiving crew as well, and then uh, tight end transfer that came, that came into the portal as well. So a lot of great things coming for uh, Oklahoma State football, which continues to make me believe that they'll be the favorite to win the conference next year. And when you look at uh, preseason rankings, way too early preseason rankings for next football season, a lot of people would agree they're either ranked the highest in the Big 12 or the second highest right behind Arizona, who's coming in to the Big 12. Speaking of rankings, the... Softball America preseason rankings are out, and uh, OU comes in at one. No surprise there. Oklahoma State, though, sits at 14, so pretty nice for the Cowgirls. They'll start the season at 14. The top 10 looks like this. OU, Tennessee, Florida State, Stanford, Clemson, Georgia, Texas, Arkansas, Duke, UCLA. Baylor is at 11, so you have OU at 1, Texas at 7, Baylor at 11, and Oklahoma State at 
at 14. And then you have uh, Nebraska, Oregon, South Carolina, Virginia Tech, Texas A&M, Auburn, Bama, Washington, Louisiana, Florida, and San Diego State. So current Big 12 teams for the top 25 future Big 12 teams. Well, you can add Utah into that as well. So there's uh, three future Big 12 teams in the top 25 Obviously, one of the bigger storylines for Oklahoma State this past offseason was the transferring of their star pitcher, Kelly Maxwell, to their rival, OU. And so, without Maxwell, who's going to step up? And I, you know, obviously uh, very excited to watch Lexi Kilfoyle be the star of the show this year. Kilfoyle was very good last season. Not as good as Maxwell, but still very good. And actually, you could argue, I said not as good as Maxwell. She might have been better down the stretch than Maxwell was. Uh, Lexi Kilfoyle can do a little with the bat as well. It'll be Kilfoyle's last season with the Cowgirls. Kyra Acock will also step up. The freshman was fantastic in her first year. I look for her to continue to improve upon what she did as a freshman. She will be the number two. And then after that, it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. There's freshman Sailor Davis, freshman Katie Coots, junior Catherine Ogg, who did not play as a freshman or a sophomore. There's senior Ivan Ro- Ivy Rosenberry, who was on the team last year, struggled a bit but got better as the season went along. I would assume, at least heading into the season, Rosenberry will be the number three. It'll be Kilfoyle, Cock, Rosenberry, and then see if someone else can emerge. Maybe one of those other pitchers that I mentioned ends up being better than Rosenberry. And if that's the case, then you've got four pretty talented pitchers that you can roll in week in and week out and help if someone's struggling uh, during a series or during a game, knowing that you have that depth to toss out there uh, to, to kind of pick things up. But it's the Killfoil and Acock show heading into the season, and then who's going to be that other person. And, and that was kind of the story last year was it was Maxwell, Maxwell and Kilfoyle, and then who was going to be the third behind it? Kyra Acock emerged, so we'll see what it looks like this season. Of course, they return Hayden Sokolowski on the offensive side of things. You also return Megan Bloodworth and Talon Edwards returning as well, not to mention some of the other players coming back. Transfers, they've gotten in a new freshman that they signed. I expect Oklahoma's successful year in the Big 12. Of course, they're coached by one of the best, the Cowgirls since coming to Oklahoma State as uh, they've had a number of World Series appearances, several in a row, and I I think they continue that uh, this season and uh, should get into the top ten pretty quickly, I would assume. As they get set for action with the season starting on February 8th, their first real test coming up against UCLA on February 11th, that would be their fifth game of the season. Uh, So early on, they're going to be tested. For that, that game, um, it's a Sunday game, just one game against the Bruins. So they're going to get tested early, but I'm excited, I know as most Cowgirls fans are, for softball season to get here and uh, maybe in large part to how bad basketball season could be as Oklahoma State starts the year off 0-2 in Big 12 play. They played a good one. They gave me a little hope. Baylor really well, 75-70. You go into OT, you just can't quite come away with the win in that one. Despite some pretty good performances, Brandon Garrison gives you 20, Javon Small with 17, and Bryce Thompson giving you 15. And then you follow that up with a loss to Texas Tech. And 
you know, obviously Texas Tech is on a really good roll. They're looking really good right now. But had you told me that you were going to get three double-digit performances, especially when it's 15, 17, and 20 in the Baylor game, and then 17, 15, and then John Michael 14 off the bench, which is what I've liked, what I like to see, what I want to see from JMW for the rest of the season. And, and you lose that one, and don't only lose it, but you lose in big fashion, 90-73. to 73. Giving up 90 points when playing good defense is what you're going to have to rely on. And, you know, maybe they just ran into a really talented Texas Tech team who is going uh, through, uh, is going to be really good this season and is just going to rule the Big 12. They've already looked pretty good. Texas Tech has to start the season uh, with wins over now with wins over Texas and now uh, Oklahoma State, uh, but it's not going to get easy anytime soon for the Cowboys as uh, they will take on Iowa State, who's coming off a big win against Houston. Then they have to play KU, and KU uh, will be coming off, well, one, a loss to UCF, and then a big game against OU this Saturday. And that game coming up on Tuesday going to be interesting. And then the K-State game, and obviously K-State hasn't looked great. They've played some really close games this season. But at the moment, they're still only a three-loss team, and they're one of three undefeated teams in the Big 12. Now, granted, that's Baylor 2-0, Texas Tech 2-0, and K-State 2-0. But then you look at, uh, after that, you have TCU, TCU currently sets at 1-1 one one, uh, with a really close loss in their one loss. And then finally you get a break in West Virginia, and that's a game that you should win. They're going to have to steal some of these games. The The KU game is at home. You'd love to beat them at home, but you're on the road at Iowa, you're on the road in Manhattan, and you get TCU at home and West Virginia at home. You've got to win what, three or four of these games the rest of the way? And I really don't know if that's something that they, they can pull off. Because the last thing you want to do in the in this Big 12 with how good it looks like it is going to be is dig yourself into a deep hole. I mean, right now they set as the 13th team in this league only above West Virginia, and record-wise, they're significantly worse than any other team. At least two games, and that's the closest one, uh, they're two games worse than UCF at 8-7, and seven, where UCF's 10-4. and four. But at every team has four more wins than you do, and you've got a very tough schedule where you're, you're going to have to steal, like I said, steal one of these games. Whether it's stealing a road in Ames, and it is so hard to go into Iowa State and beat them on the road, especially when they're playing good basketball. Maybe you can steal one against Kansas at home. Can you beat KU or K-State in Manhattan? Can you take the two? Winning back-to-back, I would say... We'll, we'll set Iowa State inside because I don't know how many people can just go into Ames and beat Iowa State, especially when they're playing good basketball. So set that one aside. If you can go 3-4 and four in this four-game stretch, home against KU on the road at K-State and home against TCU in West Virginia before you have to go to Lawrence and then you get K-State at home to... Uh, end the month of January and start February there, if you could win three of the four 
which would put you, if say you lose to Iowa State, that puts you at three and six in the Big Twelve play. I would feel happy with that, and that would put you at three and eight in Big Twelve play, and you're probably not digging yourself out of that hole because the rest of the way you've got K State at home, then you have Houston in Houston, then OU in Norman. So maybe you win one of those games. Now you're four and ten in Big Twelve play. Then you have BYU, who hasn't looked great to start uh, start Big Twelve play. They're zero and two as well. That's at home. So you win that one. So we're five and ten. Cincinnati in Cincinnati's a toss up. Six and eleven. Maybe you get one against OU when they come to you. So we'll say. 6-11. and 11. UCF could be interesting, but it's at home. So now you're 7-11. and 11. Then you have to go to Texas. Doubt you're winning that. You're 7-12 and 12 in Big 12 play. Then you get Texas Tech back at home. Who knows? Maybe you do win that. And you're 8-12. and 12, But you could be 7-13. and 13, And then you end the season with BYU in Utah. So you're looking at like Nine and thirteen, eight and fourteen, seven and fifteen, and that's not going to get it done. Especially when you only have eight wins this season, that'll put you at fifteen and twenty-two on the year. And I felt like that's pretty reasonable. And actually, it may be asking a lot for them to win that many games. So this season could get ugly, and it could get ugly fast. Now, I had my same concerns about last year's Oklahoma State team. And then they rattled off six in a row, and then they lost four in a row, and it things kind of the wheels fell off a little bit, and they missed the tournament. Obviously, I didn't feel good about Oklahoma football coming into this season, Oklahoma State football coming into this season. They had a rough out-of-conference schedule. They started Big 12 play rough against Iowa State, and then they went on a huge run, finished the season 10-4. and four. So maybe I'm getting ahead of myself in spelling doom and gloom for Oklahoma State in the Big 12. Maybe maybe I should pause. But my difference in Big 12 play for Oklahoma State football and Big 12 play for Oklahoma State basketball, well, one, the conference schedule for Oklahoma State football, much easier. And two, Mike Gundy's the head coach. He's got a track record of being really successful. Mike Boyton, great guy, fun to be around, a pretty good recruiter, but, man, has he struggled as a coach. He's just not lived up to the expectations that, in my opinion, Oklahoma State basketball should have. You just should not be content with a four or five games below 500 in Big 12 play, even if the Big 12 is as tough as it is. And I think they're going to cannibalize themselves all season long. We've already seen it. Houston has lost, and KU has lost, and Texas has lost, and OU has lost in Big 12 play. They're going to cannibalize each other. But that still does not mean that you can be four or five games below 500 in Big 12 play and are going to finish in the top 10 in the league. I would be surprised if Oklahoma is not one of Oklahoma State is not one of the worst, the four worst teams in the Big 12. Could they be better than UCF and BYU? Sure. Do I think they're better than TCU, Texas, Iowa State, Cincinnati, OU, Kansas, Houston, Kansas State, Texas Tech, Baylor? No. 
and that makes them one of the four worst teams in the Big 12. Now, BYU, 0-2 Big 12 play, 12-3 on the year. UCF, 10-4 on the year. They're 1-1 as they upset Kansas uh, for that big victory. Now, KU plays OU, so one of those two teams is going to be 1-2, and and you kind of hope it's not KU because then they're coming into Stillwater pissed off, and then... Watch out! You're now losing another Big 12 game because you're you're fighting against a angry Bill Self and an angry Kansas basketball team. The best team in the Big 12 might be Texas Tech, who's won eight in a row, and you still have to face them one more time this season. So the year could be rough for the Cowboys basketball team. The year has not been rough for the Cowgirls basketball team, who is seven and one at home. They're ten and five on the season, and they are currently three and one in Big Twelve play. They did lose to Iowa State in their first game of Big Twelve play, seventy six to sixty eight. But since then, beat UCF sixty eight sixty one, TCU sixty seven fifty nine, and Texas Tech seventy one to fifty eight. They take on KU in Lawrence, heading into uh, this weekend. And uh, it will be a cold trip up there. Luckily, it's basketball, and they play indoors. So uh, the Cowgirls basketball team doing uh, good things. They look good. Uh, they are, again, 3-1 and one in conference play. Uh, their biggest deal is they're 0-3 neutral site. On the road, they're 3-1, and 7-1 at home, but 0-3 in neutral site games. So uh, the Cowgirls, if you're looking to root for or maybe see some success, Cowgirl basketball maybe have to where you turn your eyes for this season. I'm Matt Jordan. Thanks for listening to the Pokes Podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. And hey, we made it 50 episodes. This officially marks episode number 50 for me doing the Pokes Podcast, which I started all the way back in 2023. Big shout out to Pete Mundo over at Heartland College Sports for allowing me to do this, to talk about this program that I love, that frustrates me, that brings me joy, that has taken years off my life. I appreciate him at Heartland College Sports for allowing me to get through 50 episodes. Here's to 50 and more coming up uh, as we continue to move through basketball season into softball and baseball and then back into football season with the new Big 12 coming up as well. Things are going to be fun to talk about, but 50 episodes and shout out to any of you that have listened to all 50.